Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. This is Abe Chen. And I am David Rethemeyer. Today, we are joined by Jonathan Nagarath and Joshua Shi, two good friends with the Unbound community. But also, very uh, interestingly, we are talking about owning businesses, being entrepreneurs today. Welcome, guys, to the show. Uh, I'm very excited today because this is the first of a series that we're doing on the podcast where we want to meet real unbounders who are doing real work. Uh, the whole point of what we do for college a lot of times is to give us the opportunity to go out to work, to experience things, and to do real life and try things. So I want to hear from you guys. And Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. Yeah. So my, again, my name is Jonathan Dagrath. I graduated from Unbound when it was called College Plus. I graduated when it was called Omerit. And now I'm doing here with you guys when it was called Unbound. I graduated uh, with my undergrad in organizational leadership in 2014 and then graduated with a master's degree in nonprofit management in 2018. And then in 2020, kind of had this self-taught course around digital marketing or like taught myself how to do digital marketing. And now part of what I do is I help businesses bring in clients and then turn them into really excited buyers within like three to five days using challenges as a method to do that. And also I'm leading a digital marketing group for a land developing company here in San Antonio, Texas, which is where I'm from. San Antonio. Very cool. And very unbound, just doing a bunch of things. Joshi, a uh, good friend, but tell us about um, how you got started with business. Definitely. Well, I'm Josh, um, graduated from Unbound uh, 2017. I walked in 2016 to think I was going to graduate by the end of the year, but ended up being right before Apex of 2017 because I was like, you know, I can't show up at Apex and not be done. And so I had to finish. It was day, literally the day before I finished my last class. Um, got into business. So actually after kind of the coaching switch with Lumerit at the time, me and a couple other coaches decided to get together and to start our own business because that was what we were passionate about. And that kind of turned into um, Apex Generation Leadership or AGL. So picked up, moved across the country from Massachusetts to Colorado in an $800 car I bought of auction, off of auction. And that shift is super hard, very hard into two. Um, did not have heat in the middle and uh, drove in the middle of uh, January. So it was definitely the adventure. Right now, I, um, I kind of stepped away from that company. I sit on their board, uh, went into public policy for a couple of years, and now I'm kind of doing my own thing, working in the mortgage industry. So with primary residential mortgage, um, and then also working on building up a real estate portfolio. So just just closed my first deal this year. Very cool. Going into a little bit with entrepreneurship. Tell us a little bit more about what got you started. What got you interested? Is this something that you've always wanted to do? My story with entrepreneurship is I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to be one. And in fact, I when I took, when I was going through Unbound, I took an entre intro to entrepreneurship course, thinking like, this is how I'm going to test the waters. I, it was miserable. It was the only C that I got. And I was so glad just to get a C. And so I was like, man, I, entrepreneurship is not for me. I don't want to get into it. That was like my mindset for years and years and years. And then in 2019, I came across one of my mentors who really put in front of me this idea about how entrepreneurship is something that is from 
the kingdom of God and that it's something that can be used to really expand the kingdom of God and that it's okay to be an entrepreneur. And so I just started listening to him and did just did a lot of like sitting and just asking him questions. And then eventually I got involved with a group called 100X and they do a lot of marketing things. And that led me into Crush It With Challenges. And um, now that's where I do a lot of my work around challenges. Mine is a story that's like, I never thought I would be one. Entrepreneurship was not something that had been done in my family before. I, I have one aunt who's a really great entrepreneur, but she's the only one. Everyone else was like, go to school, get a job, follow that traditional path. God was just working on my heart over the last like two or three years and just kind of brought me along the path of entrepreneurship to now I'm at the point like I love entrepreneurship and I think it's great. I think everyone has a bit of entrepreneurship in them just because entrepreneurship is really just problem solving and being creative. That happens everywhere. So entrepreneurship is not a job title as much as it is like a mindset that you can bring anywhere you go. I love that. It's kind of funny too how like an entrepreneurship class is probably the the farthest from like an actual journey of entrepreneurship. It's like, yeah. well, study and write these papers and you'll be a great entrepreneur. <laughs> and you're like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> when did that switch happen for you, Jonathan? I think that's really interesting. As we just said, Josh, like that's a class, so not a good representation, but uh, was there a switch for you when you're like, hey, this is something that is creative and you know something I can do? Yeah, so I think the the switch happened for me in 2019 when I had a problem, which was I was in my first professional job. If you're an unbound, you're used to doing things your own way, finding ways to do what you want to do. And I got into my first professional job and it was like 40 hours a week, you know, sit in your seat, get your work done. I'd grown up being like, oh, this is it. Like I finally arrived. And I was like, I have to do this for the next 40 years. I really don't like this. And so I started to just, you know, look into like, how can I free up my time? Or how can I like, buy back my time and just do stuff that I really like, you know, being an entrepreneur makes a lot of sense with some of those things. There's a whole lot of time involved. But at least with an as an entrepreneur, a lot of it is fixing problems that you want to see fixed in the world. So it's a lot of time, but it's at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's a lot of time. Those were just questions I had for my mentor. And that's what he was sharing with me is that entrepreneurship is a lot more about finding problems to solve and being creative with that. And just as I thought about it more, I was like, every great entrepreneur, the ones we know of and the ones that we don't, that's just what they saw was there's a problem or there's an opportunity and they had a creative way of solving that problem. Totally. Josh, how about you? How do you get into all this my journey in entrepreneurship started actually pretty young um it started when my parents did not give us any allowance money nothing like that it was kind of like you're on your own if you want to buy something good luck and so i remember going out with my my brother one of my best friends and his brother um and we called our company um so it was josh and 
Dan. So those are my two friends. And then I was Josh and my brother, we called him Didi because he's little brother. And so it was called JD, JD Landscaping. We went door to door handing out flyers that we had printed off of just a, a Word document. It got no response. Nobody wanted to give a cute little 12 year old any job raking leaves. Um, but eventually, actually, <laughs> people saw that I was mowing my dad's lawn and uh, ended up doing a couple lawn care I uh, started my own lawn care business and mow lawns for my neighborhood so I could literally walk up to the 7-Eleven and buy myself a slushie. And so <laughs> ever since then, it, it's kind of been and it has been a, a journey. And this is, I mean, realize that this is what I love. This is what I wanted to do, mostly because I would see my other buddies at that time. Because once I ended up in high school, I did this through high school, college, helped pay my way through through Unbound, actually, it was a lot of, of this stuff. And I would see my, my buddies working, you know, their first jobs, you know, eight bucks an hour. And I could mow a lawn in one hour generally and make, you know, anywhere from 35 to $45. And I was like, this is great. You know, I spent one hour to make, you know, 35, $45 versus, you know, spending my whole day to make 35, $40. And so I think from then on, I've always wanted to, to be an entrepreneur, to do my own thing because there is that, just that great upside potential, um, when it comes to running your own thing. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I feel like that's, uh, a fun one that is, uh, relatively common, uh, among a lot of entrepreneurial circles that we think of where we just, uh, like want to do a whole bunch of other, th of just various things to just like, you know, we've been talking about solve problems and to just see that, you know, Hey, this is something that I really enjoy doing. How could I, you know, potentially make money doing this. And that's just sort of the beauty of having entrepreneurial opportunities is just getting to take advantage of the things that you see just when you're going about your day to day life. And, you know, for example, even if your motivation is just I just want to be able to go buy a slushy, then you're okay. in doing that you're able to solve some people's problems of needing to be able to get their lawn mode. Oh, absolutely. And I think too that like I forgot to mention, I think the people that you surround yourself with also help you to push you to be entrepreneurial. And that was really my dad because, you know, as a young teenager, again, like 13 years old, 12 years old, mowing people's lawns, like, I, I don't really want to do that. I want to sit inside and watch cartoons. It's hot. Massachusetts in the summer is brutal. Um, I can't tell you how many times I found poison ivy and yellow jackets churning up snakes. There were a couple of times I did that, but my dad really pushed me, I think, that first time to, to go and do that. And that's why Help me be like, okay, you know, I took, took that jump start. But once I started, I was like, oh no, I really do want to do this. <laughs> and I also want to, uh, add in that for, for David, I want to hear from you. So, um, a lot of you listeners might not know, but our own David Rethemeyer also has his own business and he is very much an entrepreneur. So I want to hear from you, David. How did you get on this whole journey of wanting to start something yourself? And, and what has that been like? Talked about it a, a good while back on the podcast, but uh, basically what uh, my sort of side business is, is that uh, I have a consulting firm that helps small businesses, small local businesses to uh, develop a recognizable brand and to use, take advantage of a lot of the uh, digital marketing tools that are out there. So helping them to develop a social media presence and things like that. And uh, aside from that, uh, kind of like we've touched on a little bit, I also 
just have uh, at any given moment like three or four other just random side hustles. Like uh, I, I've been sell- reselling sneakers recently just on the side to just make bring in some extra income. And really, uh, I think we've just it's been a lot of what we've just been talking about is that it was just seeing opportunities and taking advantage of them. Uh, initially, when I was going through college, I thought that I was going to just get a standard nine to five and, you know, probably in some sort of business field because that's what I enjoyed. But I thought that was going to be the route that I was going to. Uh, I was even interviewing with some companies after grad school to try to get into that. But then uh, COVID happened. And so all of those opportunities that I was potentially going to have got removed. And so I think that's when uh, I finally kind of got my entrepreneurial brain kicked in and thought, okay, well, if I'm not going to be able to take advantage of nine to find opportunities, if those opportunities are limited outside of what I can do, then let me see what I can do to generate my own. And that's just, yeah, I think that's a summary of how I've gotten into it. I didn't know you were doing the whole sneakers thing. So, hey, I mean, <laughs> students, if you're listening, you want some fresh kicks, get David up. <laughs> I mean, listen, like, and th- that's the thing is that, like, that's just been over the past, like, couple of months or so that I've gotten into that. And, like, a year or so ago, I was, uh, I had, like, gotten into, like, reselling some trading cards just because I found a bunch that were just in a bunch of random garage sales around. And so I just was flipping those. It's really just about taking opportunities that you see. So as far as opportunities go, something for uh, the rest of us to think about is that we are all, as we've talked about, uh, alumni of Unbound. And how do you guys think that being an Unbound alumni, going through a very, very unique education program for college, how do you think that uniquely equipped you to be able to take advantage of some of the entrepreneurial opportunities that you have found yourself pursuing? I think two things. Um, So the first ever, actually, where Jonathan and I I met was one of the leadership courses. Uh, You always got to plug the leadership courses because those are uh, absolutely life-changing. And I remember Dr. Myers sitting down with us and saying, it was one simple phrase. Honestly, I haven't remembered much from that course, but there was one thing he did say that has stuck with me from, I mean, maybe like six years ago at this point now. And so it was to say yes to every opportunity that presents itself. And so I left that course going, you know what? I just got to say yes. I got to say yes to the opportunities. Kind of like what you were talking about, David. You know, there's an opportunity to go and flip some shoes, flip some selling cards, make a buck. Like, go for it. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? And so I, I went home and... That was what I wanted to do. I said, for this next year, I'm just going to say yes. And it was probably one of the best years of my life, just growth wise. It wasn't even business. It was, you know, life stuff, church stuff, relationship stuff. Part of that, it, you know, saying yes to that every opportunity, kind of the, the, the just going for it is a, is a big part of the culture of Unbound. And I think is something that's super important. And I mean, when you step into business, there, you don't, no, man, you don't know anything. You don't know. You think you know everything. I thought I knew a lot. I had taken a leadership course. I had taken an entrepreneurship <laughs> course. I could be a great entrepreneur because um, of all that experience. And oh yeah, I ran my lawn care business, you know, when I was 13 years old. So, you know, obviously I was just going to make it when it came to business. And that is definitely not the case. 
100% not the case. You know, those soft skills that you learn, those things that are. Take, for instance, I don't know how to buy a piece of land and develop it into a short-term rental. That's what I'm working on right now. Like, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what it looks like to develop land. I don't know any builders. I don't know how to finance a construction loan. However, I can figure it out right? We can, we can make it happen. I can, I have Google, I have the internet, you know, I have a wealth of people that I can ask and I can, I can, I can make that happen. And so I think that again, just the culture of Unbound, kind of the way that we did education of, you know, hey, I didn't know how to teach myself half the classes that I, <laughs> I worked on. Most of them, I was flying by the seat of my pants. Most of them, I didn't really understand, but heck, I knew how to take that test because I just, you know, my coach pushed me push me to go and just try it and to do it and to fail and fail and fail and fail those practice tests until you're able to eventually get to the final deal and know that you're going to pass. And so I think just the whole, the whole structure of Unbound, the way that you do, the way you do college, the people that you surround yourself with, like I said, my dad pushing me to, you know, get off my butt, not watch cartoons anymore, go out and, you know, sweat and get bitten and, you know, not be comfortable and to, to start a lawn care business. It's the same thing that Unbound provides really anybody who's looking for it, but you got to want it. Mm, totally. And what you said with the skill of research and Googling something uh, last week with our podcast, um, Unbound Talks, uh, Jace was just talking about how it is a skill, like Googling stuff well and finding information is a skill. And so that is definitely uh, something I've seen a lot with a lot of us um, Unbound people and our peers just quickly mastering all that complicated information is so important. To add what Josh said, which is all really great, I think one of the biggest things that Unbound helps you do is you learn how to learn. I mean, just like that goes into the knowing how do you Google things. It's funny to me how, you know, there's a lot of talk about are you going the extra mile with what you're doing in your business and or for your customers? And honestly, like going the extra mile doesn't require a whole lot extra. Can you go the next hundred yards? Because then like nobody's around. But learning how to learn is a huge skill. And like what Josh said, like when I was going through College Plus, we took a lot of CLEP exams. So I was teaching myself how to, you know, intro to psychology and intro to sociology and all of those things. And so I learned how to go find information and not get stuck. The other great emphasis that I see now in Unbound that Jonathan has done a great job with is just an emphasis on building a skill set. Because I think that's more, that's one of the most important things we can be doing in Unbound and as like recent Unbound alumni is just focus on building a skill set. Like you find the things that you're passionate about, the problems you want to solve, and then you just start figuring out what are the different skill sets that those people need. Like for me and the stuff I'm doing, like one, there's a digital marketing skill set of just knowing how do you put together ads well for Facebook and Google for land developing. And so I'm building a skill set there um, and doing similar things with like, alternative therapy, natural medicine practitioners with challenges and things like that. And so just the emphasis on building a skill set, I think is really important and something that I see really only in Unbound. I don't really see it in any kind of other traditional college institution. Only in Unbound do I see it as clearly put out that's like, yes, you're getting a degree, but while you're doing it, also be building skill sets that will be valuable to where you want to go. Or in like in 2020, I just thought it'd be cool 
to try and teach myself digital marketing. I had no thought of like, oh, I want to go work as a digital marketer at a land developing company. I was just like, hey, with everybody being online, there's got to be a lot of people who will need help with digital marketing. So I'll learn it. You know, like I'll try it out for three weeks and see how I like it. And the more I learn, the more I really like it. And then the last thing that I think is really valuable with the Unbound community is it's a group of people who don't have a whole lot of conversations that start with remember when, but they have a lot of conversations that start with imagine when. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can have and that you can have in your community. And something to like check yourself with the people you're around is do most of your conversations focus around, hey, remember when X, Y, Z. Remember when we had that great football team? Remember when we had a super fun time? Or do a lot of your conversation center around, hey, imagine when we all have a real estate portfolio and are totally time free and can live in Argentina for six months. But Unbound, again, is one of the biggest places that I've seen where more often than not, the conversation is imagine when. That's awesome. That's a really good point. Almost the John Lennon song, but way better. David, any thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think that uh, something that I think both of you touched on to an extent that uh, I think relates a little bit back to business concepts is that the way that Unbound looks at educating people is very radically different. And I think it has a parallel in business that we've kind of been talking about a little bit at Unbound internally, which is that if you think about how product development has happened over you know, the past hundred years or so. It was basically do a ton of research and do a ton of R&D, figure everything out about the product, and then release the product. And if the, if the people liked it, great. If the people didn't like it, go back to the drawing board and do it all over again. And now we have iterative product development where, you know, we are, see companies all the time releasing rough drafts and betas of software. And we have a huge popularity of fundraising campaigns like uh, Indiegogo or a GoFundMe and things like that. And so companies just putting out iterations of products and getting feedback and constantly developing them instead of just thinking that they have to get everything right initially. And I think that parallels well to how we look at education now is that a lot of education systems are still of the mindset of if you prepare yourself well in this four to five year period, then you know, you're going to be fine for the next four decades. And that doesn't necessarily age super well, especially when it comes to fields like business, where you are constantly having to adapt to market changes and to changing consumer desires and what all you just need to be doing in whatever role you have as an entrepreneur. And I think how Unbound approaches that, how we approach Approach it with project-based education is that we say, okay, yes, you know, or earn a degree, get college credit, but while you are doing that, develop the life skills that will allow you to learn more up-to-date information as you are going along. Don't just count on stuffing your head full of information that's going to be still relevant 40 years from now in your career. Prepare yourself in a way that's going to allow you to in 30 or 40 years, still be learning so that you are still just as much of 
someone who is prepared and knowledgeable about what you're doing. Definitely. And I think it is that concept of consistently and constantly learning where you you look forward, you have that mindset. Um, another point that we touched on last week was how um, taking responsibility and taking ownership of your learning is not easy. It's difficult, but the rewards are definitely so much greater. And, and so that being said, we've talked about the the big concepts and all that. Let's let's get down to the the nitty gritty, the fun stuff, right? I want to hear about what it was like. What are some of the challenges that you guys faced that nobody told you about and that you can share now having <laughs> gone through this whole like process of starting a business and all that? Self-employment taxes are a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> definitely true hire a cpa if you aren't yes. an accounting major <laughs> mm -hmm. hire a cpa they're worth so much more <laughs> than what you pay them don't tell my cpa that <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so the thing is specifically getting like very targeted or niched down when you start and i think it's very easy to think with whatever you're doing that like oh hey everybody needs what i have or man, if I get really niched down, I'm not going to be able to, you know, it's not going to be a sustainable income. You know, I need to make X number of dollars. And so I need to, I need to get this out to as many people as I want. It's the reverse is true, actually. So you, I found that you really have to get very targeted with either who you're going to serve or what you're going to offer. And then it's, that's not where you stay forever. But it gets you a foothold. And it's like when you're rock climbing, like I've seen, like you see people who do professional rock climbing. I mean, they get toe hold. To me, it's like a flat piece of rock, but they've got a toe hold. And I'm like, how in the world? But they're able to do that. And then that's what gets them up and going. That's what I found to be the most true is that like when you get really targeted, it helps you with a lot of other things that you're doing. When it comes to like marketing and who who are you reaching out to, and it's what gets you the quickest traction. Because once you get like some wins and people, and you can see these are the kind of people who are really buying my service, then you can tailor things to them. And like if you do really well with this group of people, well, there's like a slightly adjacent group of people that if you just tweaked what you did a little bit, it'd be great for them. And so then you can just stack all the way up. But if you don't start really small, you're never going to get started. I wish more people talked about and just shared is the importance of getting really small when you're starting and then ramping up from there. I think to build off of that, what I would say is don't fall in love with your product. So if you're, you know, if you are marketing a product, selling a product, I mean, you might be a, or a service. It could be a service to you. It could be really whatever. And so you fall in love, like for me, and for my business partners, it was like, we love coaching. We want to coach young people. And we fell in love with that product because that's what we had been doing for a long time. And so at the end of the day, right, like as a college student, want to pay, you know, the prices that are going to sustain me to be able to live. Like, and I'm not saying like, go buy a super yacht and go sit in, like, 
you know, basic necessities like food and gas. Um, are they going to want to pay for that? Right. Is that what something that they, that they want? And, um, that was a great piece of advice that I got given while we were, we were running our company. And one, unfortunately, that I don't think I listened to fast enough. <laughs> for me, it was like, no, this product, people want this product. I just need to work hard enough and long enough until somebody is going to, you know, buy this thing. And that's, and I know better. I know better than them. And, you know, in certain, you know, small use cases, that's definitely true. Like you can, you can make that happen. But I think the large majority of the time is you want to kind of backtrack that, you know, look at the world and say, hey, where are the issues? What do, what do I need? What do these people need? How can I solve? Like, like David was saying, how Jonathan was saying, how do I solve this problem? It's problem solving. You got to solve a problem. The problem doesn't exist or the people don't think that the problem exists. You're running into some issues. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this guy was from the right at the beginning. It was the Harvard incubator program. Some friend had. So all the Harvard businesses go to this incubator and he was one of their coaches to help them. And then he, that was the first piece of advice that I ever got right in the early stages of our business. And for me, I was like, ah, no, I got this. I got this. We're going to stay with our product because I know people like this. I think, I think that's a great point because it's like you can look for the, what problem do you want to solve? And I think that's a good way of looking at it is like, what problems do you want to solve? And then, especially if you're getting started, you also look for who's willing to pay the most for this. And then you start serving them first. They may not be the people who quote unquote need it the most, but for you, like what Josh said, not so you can go buy a super yacht, but just so you can like buy food, have a good home, like all these things, target those people first who are willing to pay the most for what you want. And then from there, you can trickle, you can go down the ladder or just, you know, give, give it away for free to college kids just because you really like to help college kids or something like that. But if you try to give it away free to college kids first, you will end up resenting them because you're giving them a great service. They're getting breakthrough, but you can't, you're struggling with your bills. You can't buy food. You're upset with where you are financially. None of that's, you're not going to serve anybody in that, in that point. Market to the people who will pay the most for what you have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, that actually brings to mind uh, a quote that I have written down from uh, a marketer who I follow and uh, am a, a very big fan of by the name of Seth Godin, who in a book about marketing says, not everyone will be interested, but if you do your job right, enough people will. And that's the lock and key. You're not running around grabbing every conceivable lock to try out your key. Instead, you're finding the people, the lock, and since you're curious about their dreams and desires, you will create a key just for them. And that's sort of the whole key of going out and trying to find the problems to solve is that I think that it's very, very easy. And I know that this has been my experience a lot of the time to say, well, I have the perfect solution and what I can do, what I can offer is great. Why don't you guys want this? And because it was on a on focusing on the key before the lock and what i needed to understand more was that i needed to go to the people who had the needs first and to truly understand their needs and then develop what i could offer them based off of that and that requires a lot of adaptation so it's challenging and it also just requires a lot of humility to be able to say okay all right, maybe, you know, this thing that I 
initially wanted to do isn't exactly the right fit. And I might have to make some changes that aren't comfortable or do some things that, you know, just are a little bit outside of my typical skill set. But ultimately, that's if you're looking to create a sustainable business, it's a necessity. So I guess going off of that a little bit, uh, another question that I have for you guys, uh, a little bit of one of those fun theoretical questions is that looking back on your journey as entrepreneurs, do you think that there's anything that you would have done differently if you had the opportunity to go back and do something particularly differently? Would you take that opportunity? I think the first thing that I would say is get a job, actually. <laughs> uh, if I were to go back and do things differently, I wouldn't, I, I would not be so scared just to get a nine to five job. And it's kind of shocking, right? Like, oh, you know, this is an entrepreneurship podcast. What are you saying? This is, you know, this is, what are you talking about? This is about not getting a job and living the free life and going to Argentina, like Jonathan said, for six months at a time and, you know, living your best life. But okay. So when I, when I stopped, doing my business, the first business that I started and worked in public policy for three years, working that job. I mean, I wouldn't say it taught me more, but it taught me different skills. And also, I think you don't discount the stuff that you'll learn, the things, the skills that you will learn in that type of job and how like financially it can really set you up to then go and launch off that platform. Right. And so just like with Unbound, hey, you gotta, you gotta start, you gotta start in, you know, with your club test. You gotta start with those, those little things and that will launch you off to be able to live, you know, your life debt free. The same thing is, is like, hey, you know what? Build up your little nest egg because it takes capital. It takes capital to start a business. You gotta, you gotta spend money. You gotta spend money to make money and you gotta spend a lot of it. And if you don't have any money, it's it's not going to work if you can't do advertising if you can't hire out the you know a virtual assistant if you can't hire somebody to go and do your thousands of uh sales calls every week you're not going to make any money and that's kind of what i learned is that you know you got to have those reserves to be able to start start a, a business it gives you a better chance it's not a it's not a guarantee it'll give you a better chance uh and not only that at least in my job what we did a lot was make political cold calls Right. So let's just call random numbers all throughout the week, five hours a week, um, well, more like five hours a day so, and just talk to random people about politics. And let me tell you, that skill is priceless. You know, I, I would not give that up, that experience for anything, because now when I'm going to go and make sales calls, you know what? There's nothing worse than try to talk to a random stranger about politics. I'm selling them something that they actually potentially might want and actually might need. Nobody, nobody, I, guess, I won't say nobody, but very, 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 very few people want to talk to a random stranger about politics who wants to tell them how to vote. And so for me, I would say if I were to look back, don't be afraid. Go get a, go get a job, even if it's for a little while. Don't get trapped. Don't get like, don't get safe, um, but go get a job such a good point because it's also about the experience you know and from a different perspective uh something that my old pastor and mentor would always say to me was that if you want to do ministry or um really any role i mean if you're in the film world you want to be a filmmaker you, you have to have experience to know what you're doing and i can only imagine especially for business you need to uh, also go out there and sometimes experience life and the nine to five so that, like you say, you can build up um, capital, but also build up the experience of 
what the corporate world's like and, and all these different things. And you figure out too, like what is good leadership? What is bad mm-hmm. leadership? You know, yes. if you work for, hey, go work for a great company. Go work for a Google or Facebook or whatever, you know, a big tent company or even just one that's locally doing really well for you because there's a reason why they got that big and you can learn something. Yeah. I know for, for a fact myself, I worked for a few companies that weren't that great. And that was extremely educational because, you know, I learned leadership by seeing how if you don't take care of certain things, that doesn't work. And so I can totally see that applying to just businesses and and how you would run your own business as well. To echo what Josh said, I would 100% say that I wish I had known at the beginning that entrepreneurship is just way more of a mindset than like a job title. So you can be an entrepreneur anywhere and everywhere in that, especially when you're starting out. Like in this case, for me, like I really like digital marketing and now I have a job doing digital marketing. So I'm not technically an entrepreneur, but I'm still building my skill set in digital marketing, still learning about that, staying in the game. And then on the side, I have my own thing that is my business that I'm looking to continue growing. But by having a job, I don't have as much time as it when I was full-time um, or if I was full-time with it. But I have some more f- flexibility and freedom to be able to try out new things and learn about my audience without the pressure of, man, I've got to make a sale. I've got to, you know, I've got to get somebody to sign up because if they don't, then I can't pay my rent this month. And for some people, they're motivated by that fear or that anxiety, like they need that push. But I think ultimately, if you have your own business, you never want to stay there. Like you and you eventually want to get to a place where you're not afraid, but you just love who you're serving more than anyone else. And so I think having a job as you're getting started, especially one that's helpful in what you want to do. So like if you're in the health space, like going to get a job for Coca-Cola may not be the best spot because your ideas on what is healthy and what is not may not be may not be aligned. If you're in health, then like go get a job, even if it's just like as an office manager or something like that at a doctor's office or something like that can be helpful because then you're around those kind of people and you can start figuring out what are their problems. And then you just figure out how to solve those. And then before you know it, you've got a business and you're an entrepreneur. Ultimately, really not that complicated, kind of not that hard. You just have to stick with it. Be willing to know that if one out of the 70 times I try this works, it's worth it to go through the other 69 or the other 99 to make it work. Yeah, yeah, that that's a really good point is just to try to start small and to realize that not every successful business venture has to start by going and pitching to a bunch of investors and getting a ton of funding and then, you know, like having a huge presence where you're doing like a ton a ton of like content marketing and all of this stuff. Uh and that's something that I think that I Go if I had the chance to go back, I probably might do a little bit differently. Is that I think I tried to accelerate a little bit faster than uh, I realistically probably should have. You know, part of that is I think that this is a pitfall that pretty much every entrepreneur and I think just about every young professional runs into, and 
Uh, it's something called, uh, I believe I might mispronounce this, the Dunning-Kruger effect, where basically if someone is getting into a particular field or area of study, the people who are the beginners are the ones who are most likely to feel like they are the experts and they want to be out there teaching it because they're just getting into it. They're learning all of this brand new information and they're excited about it. However, they're all most likely usually, you know, beginners and they're not nearly as qualified. And on the other end of the spectrum, it's typically the people who are the most qualified, the people who have the most expertise and experience in a field who are most likely to say, I have, I have experience, I know some things, but I don't know that much when in reality there's a good chance that the people saying that are like some of the most qualified people you could talk to. That That's another thing that I, I know that I've fallen victim to. I think that uh, it's safe to say that a lot of students in general who are going into career fields, particularly entrepreneurship though, might run into is that uh, it's just a general good life concept to realize that you probably don't know as much as you think that you know, but also just that that's okay and you can start small and work your way up. You know, entrepreneurship doesn't have to be something that is a full-time job that you have to immediately put all of your time and effort to. If you know you have a bunch of garage sales in your neighborhood and a bunch of them are selling old trading cards or sneakers, you start reselling stuff. You just take the opportunities that you can, do what you have the time and ability and financial freedom to do, and you just go from there. Yeah, I love what you said there right at the end, David, because it reminded me like entrepreneurship ultimately is just a skill set. It's a skill set mm -hmm. around being able to see problems, being able to know how to solve them or know the people who can, and being able to provide value to people. And so if you're able to do those things, then Ultimately, you are an entrepreneur, and honestly, it's probably inevitable that you're going to own your own business. There's a lot of people who are entrepreneurs who don't own their own businesses, and there are a lot of people who are, own their own businesses who aren't entrepreneurs. Like, you can set up your own LLC in like a couple hours, maybe, maybe an hour on Zoom.com and own your own business. But it's like what David said, it's it's a skill set that you develop by just starting small and finding the garage sales in your neighborhood. And Gary Vaynerchuk calls that garage sailing and stuff like that. And so like there's stuff that you can do to build up that entrepreneurial muscle that then makes it inevitable that you'll have your own business. If you start with it as like, oh, the, that's a job that I have as an entrepreneur, you're never going to get there. But it's a skill set that you grow. That's such a good point. You just need to be willing to grow. And it reminds me of another thing that we touch on uh, in Unbound with students is the willingness and ability to fail and just to learn as much as possible. As we wrap up this episode, uh, if I can hear from each one of you guys, what is one thing that you would say to the younger entrepreneurs and aspiring business owners in Unbound right now? who want to start their own business, are working on that, or are just considering it, uh, what is one thing that you would leave with them? We'll start with uh, Josh. Say yes. Like we started the podcast at the top with uh, the words of Dr. Myers. Say yes. Say yes to every opportunity that presents itself. I think if you say yes, man, all those things that we talked about, whether it's the mindset, whether it's the skill set that you learn, um, I mean, really all of it, right? You're going you're gonna to figure it out 
but you got to say yes. You got to show up. And if you don't show up, nothing's going to happen. And so for all those entrepreneurs out there, and I know there's a lot of you because I mean, this is unbound. Let's be real here. Uh, yeah. Show up, show up for, show up for your business, show up for yourself. I think, you know, if you're making, if you want to, if you want to do this, you know, make that promise to yourself and, and don't, don't give up on it. And that's, that's all I got. So my last piece of advice, just like what Josh said, just say yes to as many opportunities as you can. Because uh, when we're starting off, it just really matters. How many reps are you getting in? You know, how many times are you stepping up to the plate to take a swing? Because we don't know enough. As great as Navigate is in helping you understand like who you are and things like that, you actually don't know who you are and what you want until you actually go do something. And I've learned way more from the things that I thought were cool and then found out real quick. And I'm talking like a couple weeks, four weeks max, whether or not I wanted to keep doing it. So that's really what matters. And then if you are, if you're already an entrepreneur, already have something that you're looking to sell, I would say read up as much as you can on direct response marketing, because that's really what matters. It doesn't matter what your logo is or what your branding is, in my opinion. It doesn't matter what all those things are, because nobody knows who you are. What matters more is are you getting a response from people for what you're offering? And if you're not getting a response, that's telling you something. So look up as much as you can and learn as much as you can around direct response marketing, because that's what I found out real quick. This is not a build it, they will come business. That is great with the movie. It does not happen in the real world. So you have to build what they want. Learn as much as you can about um, direct response marketing. Dan Kennedy is a great resource. Um, Pedro Adeo is a great like Christian entrepreneur to follow. So yeah, that's my advice. Awesome. David, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, just re kind of rehashing a lot of what we've already talked about is that start small and just try things and don't be afraid to try things and to fail at things. Uh, and just like go look for low cost of entry, just very simple things that you can try out for entrepreneurial adventures. Look for the smallest possible scale that you could try getting into whatever it is that you're looking at starting. Look for the smallest possible scale that you can start at and look to start there. And I think the way that a friend of mine put it recently to me that has been really helpful for me in business like this and just in life in general is to have an open hand policy with it where if you are holding on to something so tight because you're really wanting it to work out because you're really wanting it if then circumstances if god comes along and says all right this this isn't what i have for you and tries to take it from your hands are you going to be fighting to keep a hold of that? Are you going to have skin ripped off your hands because you're holding on to that thing so hard? Instead, if you have an open hand policy, you can be ready to say, you know what, if this doesn't work, I'm going to be okay. And there's other things that I can have the opportunity to do. And ultimately, that I think is just one of the best mindsets to have in entrepreneurship and also just in life in general really is to be willing and accepting of what God has for you. 
And if you're if you're only if you're only listening to this and you're not watching this, you need to know we were all nodding our heads with what David was saying. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, again, Jenna, and thank you so much for being on and sharing your experience and your wisdom. Uh, I want to give you guys a chance, since we are talking about entrepreneurship and our businesses, to shout out anything that you would like. So it's up to you, Josh. Is there anything that you would like to plug or shout out? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, she Joshua, no underscore. What's what else can I shout out there? If you're self-employed, don't write off all your income because then you can't qualify for a mortgage. I uh, just worked on a couple of those things. So uh, just a quick little tidbit. <laughs> don't write off everything really, really bad because then to everybody else's eyes, you might have made money, but you actually didn't make any money. <laughs> so things I'm learning. Good to know. Jonathan. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook like Jonathan Dagrath. I'm in the Unbound and I'm in a couple unbound groups. And then I'm on Instagram at John the Twin 19. And feel free to ask me any questions. I love talking about marketing things and would love to just talk with you about what your offer is. And um, also, if you're interested in a Christian kingdom entrepreneurship group, uh, 100X Academy is a great resource to have. And um, that's where I've learned so much about not just business, but also what does it look like to actually run a business that doesn't just look Christian on the outside, but is actually infused with the kingdom of God. So would love to love to talk with you about that. I could talk about that stuff for hours. <laughs> Very cool. And David, bro, I want to give you a chance to shout out your business and all that. So uh, you can feel free to look up my personal pages uh, at David Rethemeyer or on uh, IG, it's DCR99MO. So you can feel free to look at that. Or if you want to look at my business page, uh, I haven't been putting out a whole lot of content recently, but uh, when I do have the time and I am making content, I just get on there and I will typically make videos and occasionally a blog post just talking about uh, small local business marketing and branding topics. So if you want to find any of that, uh, pretty much on any of the social media networks, you can find it at MSD Consulting MO if you want to check that out. And speaking of shouting out, I want to also plug the Be Unbound website, as well as all of our other resources that we have. This includes the blog on the website. We have the Be Unbound YouTube channel. Go check that out and subscribe if you haven't. There's a lot of other uh, videos and just fun resources on there about a lot of the things we talked about. You'll get to see Jonathan and Josh on there. Be on the lookout for that. All, a lot of the courses and uh, programs that we mentioned, such as Navigate and the leadership courses and the Zen program, you can find more information on our website, beunbound.us. Feel free to reach out to any of us if you have questions or any other thoughts. We will love to hear more in the comments below or through any direct messages. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This has been very, very interesting just hearing about all the experience that you guys have. Uh, join us next time uh, as we will be talking with Mrs. Elaine Bell. She is the wife of Colonel Bell, who the two of them together has invested so, so much in the Unbound community in mentoring us and teaching us. 
there is a lot of wisdom there. So be on the lookout for that. Guys, thank you so much for listening again. This is the Be Unbound podcast. I will see you guys next week. Thank you.